Hello, mighty warriors of God, and welcome to MI15. Today is Wednesday, January 17, 2024, and this is day 2,128 of our journey together. Thank you so very much for tuning into our podcast. My name is Jackie, and welcome, welcome, welcome to you. So let's go ahead and get started. Father, we thank you so much for waking us up to see this brand new day that you created just for us. Thank you, Lord, for keeping your guardian angels watching over us as we go to and fro through throughout this um, this world system that we're in, Lord, and for your precious Holy Spirit who's there to comfort us, to lead us, to guide us, to encourage us, and to uh, keep us strong, Father. Help us, Lord, to rely on you and not on ourselves. I thank you so much, my Lord, for comforting the brokenhearted and healing the sick and blessing those who may be in financial need. I ask, my Lord, that you will speak today, that it be all about you and not about me. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God, everybody. Thank you again for tuning in. Today's message is shift your mindset to embrace change. So that takes a shifting, all right? We need to get away from that old way of thinking and putting on the mind of Christ in order to shift. We're coming out of John chapter 4, verses 1 through 42. John chapter 4, verses 1 through 42. And it says, Now Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Although, in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. So he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. So these Pharisees, they were very jealous of Jesus and they were out to to kill him. And uh, they were building a case against him. Verse 4 says, now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sakar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. So Thinking about this, going through Samaria. Samaria was uh, a point of conflict because of discrimination. Uh, so in my commentary, it says to go from the territory of Judea to Galilee meant passing through a central territory called Samaria. Most Jews did everything they could to avoid traveling through Samaria. The reason goes way back into their history. After the northern kingdom, with its capital of Samaria, fell in fell to the Assyrians, many Jews were deported to Assyria, and foreigners were brought in to settle the land and help keep the peace. The intermarriage between those foreigners and the remaining Jews resulted in a mixed race. Impure in the opinion of Jews who lived in the southern kingdom. Thus, the pure Jews hated this mixed race called Samaritans because they felt that their fellow Jews who had intermarried had betrayed their people and nations. So the Samaritans had set up an alternate center for worship on the Mount uh, Gerizim 
to parallel the temple of Jerusalem. So just to give you an idea, I won't go any further into all that, but to give you an idea, there was division between the Jews and the Samaritans because the Jews considered themselves during those days as being pure and the Samaritans were mixed because they intermarried with people outside of their race or their culture. And so that created division. Hey, sounds similar to what we deal with today, right? Verse seven, when a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? Now his disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews did not associate with Samaritans. So she Pre, she had preconceived notions and they were legitimate based upon her past, on this past situation with the Jews and the Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would ask, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. He's saying, if you had known, you knew who I was. I'm the Messiah. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep where can you get this living water <laughs> again she's perceiving literally you know like oh my gosh where can i get this from that you've described are you greater than our father jacob who have uh, who gave us the well and drank from it himself as did all his sons and his livestock jesus answered everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give will come be, will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and, and have to keep coming here to draw water. Because the women would typically were the ones to go and draw the water twice a day, usually in the morning and in the evening. But you notice she was there at noon. He told her, go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. So he's speaking to her, telling her what is going on in her life. And he's saying your husband, once you do sleep with someone and you sexually encounter one another, then you become one. And that is why he's considering it her husband. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the Spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is Spirit, and his worshipers must worship in the Spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. 
When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. Just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want? Or why are you talking with her? Because that was against their custom. Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way to, toward him. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, Could someone have brought him food? Again, their mindset was more literally, you know, they, they, they didn't quite get it yet. My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Talking about God the Father. Don't you have a saying? It's still four months until harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Even now, the one who reaps draws a wage and harvest, a crop for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows and another reaps, is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work, and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. So he's talking about in the Old Testament, the prophets and John the Baptist, who have paved the way for the gospel. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. Now, our testimonies, you all, are just so powerful. Look at what this Samaritan woman's testimony did. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them. And he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. Glory to God. All because of this woman's faith and her change in her life and her testimony. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. <laughs> now we have heard for ourselves and we know that this man really is the savior of the world. I know it was quite a bit, y'all, but there was no way I could cut that short. <laughs> this is so powerful. There's so much here in this story. I encourage you to continue reading it and studying it. You're going to get so many wonderful nuggets from this. Point number one, while attending the first church I had ever belonged to in my early 20s, I used to think that there were certain things women were not supposed to do simply because of the culture of the church that I had been instilled, uh, that that had been instilled in me at that time because I grew up unchurched, first of all, and I was just, you know, doing things my own way. And then once I got into church in my early 20s, the first church I really ever went to and belonged to on a consistent basis. I had been there, ended up being there for 27 years, but this is in the earlier days I was there. And uh, there was a situation. So once there was a need for someone to drive the church van on Wednesday nights. At that time, there was one man in the church uh, that was doing the majority of the work. And his name was Brother Jimmy. He was amazing. Him and Sister Carolyn were amazing and still are, I believe. Haven't talked to them in a while. But when the pastor asked for volunteers, 
I was hesitant to say I would do it simply because of my mindset, thinking that was a man's job uh, in the church. And I felt the Lord nudging me, though, to do it. So I did. (laughs) It was one of the best things I could have ever done. During the route, I would pick up about five to six kids from one house who were being raised by their grandma. Uh, Their mom was on drugs at that time and and was not around. So those kids would always say, (laughs) drop us off last because they were enjoying themselves playing with my kids you know, or hanging out with them and talking. And, and then, and then now listen to these kids were coming to church. They were getting the word and uh, it was awesome. Then one day the grandmother died and the kid's mother returned home. They lived across the street from my mother at that time. When my mom found out what happened and saw the kid's mother sitting outside crying one day, she called me. She found out that the reason she was out there crying was because her mother had passed on. And my mom called me and asked me to come over and and pray for her and uh, the kids, pray for the kid's mother and and lead her to Jesus Christ. So I did. And and that mother, oh, what a, it just blesses my heart every time I think about it. She ended up accepting Jesus that day. Uh, She ended up uh, getting off drugs after a few years. Uh, we, It was almost like God made me a mentor for her. And um, she started going to church with us and raising her children, now taking over where her grandmother left off, and I mean, where her mom left off. And she would bring them to church. And, and later, uh, her children were grown. A lot of those kiddos, uh, I got to know them first uh, really deeply by by them riding on the van with us. And uh, then they got older and, and then she had grandchildren and she started bringing them to church. And there were trials and tribulations in the midst of it all. But, you know, it was just so beautiful to see how God transitioned this woman's life because she was willing. Just like this woman at the well, this Samaritan woman, this woman was willing and she has shifted and she has changed. And I and I reached out to her recently and she's she's on, you know, just still going strong, you know, and and doing what God has called her to do. Look at what the Lord will do when we shift our mindset and embrace change. Point number two, as we can see, Jesus is the ultimate change maker because of his willingness to speak to this woman that most people shunned many souls were saved you notice his disciples are like whoa why is he talking to her (laughs) jesus is the epitome of who we should strive to be like he is it (laughs) he is it and if we begin to embrace uh his mindset and and doing things according to his will we will not go wrong you know i've shared many times about my husband going through heart attacks and going through different things and health health scares in his life over the last 20 years. And, uh, you know, he's just staying strong. He's standing strong. And, and uh, he was blessed with new heart doctors we had gone through. He had a group of heart doctors that just um, the one main doctor just kind of fell off the beaten path and wasn't really given his all as the doctors before him. So we changed doctors. And over the last couple of years, I would say about a year ago, 
<clears throat> the doc, the new heart doctor gave him a certain medication for his heart because the capacity of his heart is um, at about, oh, 14%, you know, and uh, out of 100%. So anyway, uh, he still does fine. He has to move slower, sit down more, uh, you know, and take it easy. But the doctor noticed that that medication uh, at the dose that she was giving it to him wasn't really doing anything. And he came and he talked when we, my husband and I went to visit, you know, he has to go to him on a regular basis several times a year. And he said, you know, uh, Mr. Bikes and Ms. Bikes, I'm going to make some changes. He said, I've done some studies. There's been some studies done and I've, and I've read the research. And he said, it's been proven that this particular medicine that I'm giving you does not work at the dosage I've been giving you. The dosage was based upon what they gave white people, specifically white men, is who they did the studies on. He said, but when they shifted the mindset, basically, and began studying it on black people, they realized uh, that they needed to use uh, a larger dose. And he said, so I, I, and it's been proven to work better at a higher dosage and that because you're, we're different and for doctors to begin to embrace this so that they can take better care of their patients, all patients. And I mean to tell you, that was the best thing that this doctor could have ever done, or at least one of them, because he's been an amazing, he's been amazing for us. And, um, and he, he made that change and it worked and uh, it gave him more energy. And so he, he's constantly watching over and making changes and subtle changes in other medication as needed. So my husband can live a healthier life. That is there's so many areas that we need to shift in our mindset so that we can embrace the change that God is making in our lives through us, you know, and it's time to shift. What is it that God has put on your heart? What is it that you've been battling with? What is it that you've been saying? No, I can't do that. I don't have a degree or no, I don't do that. Uh, I can't do that because I'm a male or I'm a woman. I can't, I can't do that because I'm too young. I'm too old. Whatever it is, God is saying, if I've called you to do it, you can do it. So trust him and begin to do what God has called you to do. Now, if you don't know Jesus, that's the first step. Romans 10 and 9 says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Glory be to God. I love you all so very much. May the Lord bless and protect you. May his face radiate with joy because of you. May he be gracious unto you, show you his favor and give you his peace. In Jesus name. Amen. And remember, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And don't forget to check us out on our website, JackieBikesMinistries.org, J-A-C-K-I-E, Be Like Boy, U-Y-C-K-S, Ministries.org. Check out the messages and please share them with others. And don't forget to check us out on tzonekc.org to learn more about what we're doing in the community, teaching our youth about life skills, workforce skills, entrepreneurship development, peer mediation, human trafficking and awareness, and DIY projects. We thank you so much for all you do for us.
All right, mighty warriors, go forth and make it an awesome day, fulfilling the purpose that God has given you. And I will talk to you later. Bye-bye.